Hey guys, it's the first um, episode of Devilish. As much as I'd like to say it's the first, it's technically like 2.3, but it's not released because we start over. Well, I'm Nita. I'm Sammy. I'm Ash. Yep, this is Devilish. Yeah. We are a podcast that covers, um, it's so realistic having police sirens outside around. I was just thinking the same thing. I was like, oh, perfect. We have background noise. Right now, in our (laughs) podcast studio, i.e. our living room, there is true crime happening at this very moment. Let's be honest. It could just be like somebody stopped too late at a stoplight. Oh, my God. Sammy told me something the other day that blew my mind because there were like cops in the middle of the town, their lights were on. She goes, Oh, berries and cherries. And I was like, The fuck did you just say? <laughs> okay, she goes, so she's done that to me too. She's like, Berries and cherries. I was like, What are you talking about? She goes, The lights, they're red and blue, berries and cherries. And I was like, That is so cute. It what is, is- <laughs> I would like to take credit for that, but I can't. Well, and I won't give credit to the person who I heard it from. So. Well, it's like almost the same thing as whenever she goes, if it's a mouse, it would if it was a mouse, it would have bit you. And like it's to the point now to where like I can't remember what the original saying I knew was, but it damn sure wasn't a mouse. If it's a snake, it would have bit you. Yeah, that. I don't know. Yeah. My grandma said mouse. Probably because y'all are from the north, and I don't think I've y'all never really been bitten by. I've never been bitten. There by are a mouse. snakes up north. I haven't bitten out a mouse before, but there's not like literally a wild one. At, there's garter snakes and other kind of snakes, but I'm not sure what kind because are there like i have suppressed memories from up there yeah i don't blame you i suppress memories where i'm from so on this episode of uh devilish we are going to be covering some stories from the states that we're native from native to that we're from anyways the states that we're from um i'm from florida so i'm gonna be covering a story story from florida um i'm from michigan so she'll be doing a story from Michigan. And I'm from Arkansas. <laughs> what, oh, what's so funny? Nothing. We just feel bad for you. Well, it's like, I don't, uh, there's such different <gasps> I states. Kid, I kid, I I mean, Florida is just like. I also feel bad for you. But I also feel bad for me. So it's fine. We or, live in we America. We can all feel bad. <laughs> I feel bad That's for enough. every American. Um, except for the ones that want to be here. What's, what's going on with y'all? Do you need to talk? <laughs> we Not, have don't a, talk to me. Yeah, I'll probably roast you about it, but we do have, like, um, an email thing set up on our website. So, I mean, therapy also is a thing. You know what? We're, <laughs> we're just going to leave that alone. So, who wants to go first? The- Ash, do you want to go first? As long as you never slurp in the mic again. Well, what the fuck are you... Ooh. It was a bug. It was a spider. It was a bug. But yeah, I'll go first. Do not make me have this argument with you again. That's for a different podcast episode. Spiders are not bugs. They are if you're from Florida. Spiders are arachnids. (coughs) And arachnids aren't bugs. But anyway, we're not getting into that again. Because we are at this argument on the way home. Was it on the way home or on the way to work? On the way home. Well, that being said, honey, can I borrow your phone? Um, your it's phone on the charger. Back? Well, I have four <coughs> percent. Then you better go first. <coughs> it's not gonna live long enough. 
Hold on. Do you know which story it was? Oh, are we doing the stories? Well, the state we're from story. Yeah. Or whatever you're covering. Oh, yeah, I know what that is. Nita's probably got porn on her phone. That's why she won't let me see her phone to look it up myself. I was literally (laughs) just about to hand you my phone. I was checking how much battery I had. And I'm not a caveman, so no, I don't have porn on my phone. You got games on your phone? I don't even have games on my phone. How do you even work this? What is... (sighs) Just... Hold on. There's folders. I'm Um, I'm gonna try my best. No, we're also... No, I'm not gonna fucking listen to an Apple user talk about it's an Android. All I said was it's an Android. First of we all, have, we have iPhones, so I was just letting her know it's an Android. It's different. no, you, you said it in a way. They're all evil. I think we can agree on that, and not the good type of evil, like the bad steal your money for shitty products evil. But okay, so anyway, though Arkansas is a landlocked state. We have some spooky water creatures here. Yeah, I don't doubt that. I mean, okay, aside from the fact that we do have catfish in the Grizz Ferry Lake that are, like, as big as a pickup truck, and that's, like... Would Jeremy Wade come fish them out of there, like, that size? Like, river monster monster size? size? Oh, like, probably, yeah. Like, no joke. You know who Jeremy Wade is. Yes, people river monsters, dude. Do people canoodle here? No, that's... <laughs> what the fuck is... Are you talking about hillbilly hand fishing? <laughs> I'm talking about noodling where they like... <laughs> yeah, hillbilly yeah, hand noodle. <laughs> Do people canoodle? I think so. That's how I was born. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do people canoodle here? <laughs> yeah. yeah, they do. <laughs> But no, Jeremy Wade would probably totally come here and like fish them out that's like giant from Grooseberry, which Jeremy Wade, are you listening? Come, I mean come, You're like one of my favorite people in the whole world. Come, like please. Come noodle our catfishes. Okay, anyway, that was terrible. But there was like this whole thing because there's a whole legend wrapped around Grooseberry anyway, because you know it's a man made lake and they they, they didn't remove the graves and all of that, oh, and that's why it's the, a cursed lake. It's not even that it's a cursed lake; it's or a haunted that, lake. No, it's the fact that well, okay, so there is the Heber Springs uh, water panther, but that's a whole total different t- subject. But there, the whole thing was is that people believed that because they didn't, because it's a man-made lake, that they didn't properly remove the graves, mm-hmm. and so catfish were eating the bodies. Oh, that's why they're so big. That was, like, years and years and years ago, but they are fucking massive. Like, divers have been known to, like, shit their pants down there type shit. Because imagine, you just turn and look, and there's a mouth that can, like, literally put your whole head in its mouth, and it's a fish. Can you... You know what would be the coolest fucking band name? Cannibal Catfish. Cannibal... Canoodling Catfish. (laughs) Canoodling Cannibal Catfish. But, so, outside of Grease Ferry, there's the White River Monster, which, think of it as, like, our personal Nessie, in a way. It, it first sighting started in 1915. Damn. Yeah, like, there's been several sightings of this thing. There is very much well-believed that there, like, so they don't know exactly what the fuck it is. Like, it's never been caught. 
but there's so many sightings and there are like tracks from it and everything that there it is something they what's just, it called white river monster i'm gonna google it or whitey <laughs> can you tell this is arkansas, arkansas. hold on the south I will not, I will not take any Arkansas slander from you two, mainly from a bitch from Florida. (laughs) Oh, I'm not arguing with you, and not just Florida, but North Florida, up near the Alabama line. Exactly. I hear banjo music just as often as you do. (laughs) (laughs) I probably hear it more than you do. Exactly. Mm. But, so the sightings of Whitey began in 1915, and they were pretty sporadic until 1937. That is until July 1st. A man named Bramlett Bateman, and he's the own, he was the owner of a plantation near the river, saw the monster. He described it as gray and being as wide as a car and three cars long. Wait, why if it was gray? You know what? That is the one thing we have not figured out. They were just like, yeah, you know what? His name's going to be Whitey. At least with the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> I'm appalled. So, well, it says White River Monster. Well, I guess it's a white descriptor. River Monster. Okay, sorry, go ahead. Well, the river's White River. Oh, well, that's why. It's well, a, I know, but it's like... I mean, it's like, if you have, like, a mascot or something, you give it some stupid fucking name or like well, that's, that's basically place. what they called it. Is I mean, that's basically how it was. Is it was like a mascot for that area, because this... This area was not somewhere that was very, very known. Like, I mean, if I say the word Newport, do y'all know where that is? No, all I know is Newport cigarettes. Yeah, and it's in, <laughs> that's in Jackson County. But um, he's, he described it as being as wide as a car and three cars long. That's big as fuck. That is three cars long? Three cars long. Like mid-sized sedans? <laughs> but... Whenever the news spread, they tried to create a rope net to capture the large creature, but and it, and it had been seen in something called an eddy. I don't know what an eddy is. I'm not a driver, nor am I a geologist. Driver? I am a driver. I'm not a diver, <laughs> but I'm also not a geologist. But they sent a diver down to look for it. Do you know how much balls this diver had to have? To be like, yeah, I've seen this creature that was a car wide and three cars long. Go down under the water and find it. So, an eddy is a place in a river immediately downstream of an obstacle, such as a rock or a stump. So, it's like when it, like, goes around and it does those, like, water swirlies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, well. And then they sent the diver down and he <clears throat> couldn't find it. Whitey was not captured, and the construction on the net stopped because of the lack of money and materials, which I'm going to just interject here. That lets you know how fucking poor Arkansas was at the time. We couldn't afford to make rope. (laughs) Do you know how poor you have to be to not be able to have enough money to make rope? Probably about as poor as Arkansas was in 19 whenever. Broke as hell. Hmm. And then, in 1971, the the sightings began again. So, there was a very big, like, there was a pretty large gap in between the time that it was seen by this plantation owner and 1971. Once where they stopped searching for this thing. They were like, okay, whatever, we're not going to try to find it anymore. But, this is where it gets kind of nutty. A witness described it as having a spiny back 20 feet long. Uh, It had... 
and then it found a trail of three toes, 14 inch prints. So 14 inches across. So that's like over a fucking foot. Yeah, and three toes. Shit. Yeah. Lots of neat toes. <laughs> I don't. His grip is. <laughs> I don't know. Not the uh, there was crushed vegetation and broken trees where evidence of something large had passed by. And it was assumed that's what that was the tracks of Whitey. Now, this is where I'm trying to. I'm starting to get a little. Hmm. Because, you know, gators live for a very long time. Yeah. Gators have a spines on their backs, and they can get pretty damn large. And they typically have... They have usually five toes. But, I mean, if this is a Do old... They? Yeah. They got four on front, and then they got the fifth. So I'm from Florida, and I didn't know how many toes <laughs> gators have. Do I get my Florida car revoked? You can have it. I don't want it, but... Immediately. But, <laughs> oh, good. um... The only reason why I'm like, okay, this wasn't a gator is because, little known fact, Arkansas actually has, like, a fuck ton of gators. Yeah. We're lowlands, we're swamplands, we have a lot. Not as much as Florida, but we do have a lot of gators. And so if these are people from Arkansas, they would have recognized that this was an alligator. Right. But that's neither here nor there. Now, in 1973, this was believed to be such a real creature that the legislator signed into a law a bill... Uh, uh, the legislator signed into law a bill by state senator Robert Harvey creating the White River Monster Refuge along the White River. Oh, that's nice. They made him a little refuge. Yeah. Um, the area is located between the southern point of the river, known as Old Grand Glacier, and the northern point of White River, known as Rosie. Now, it says in the quick notes it is illegal to harm the monster inside the ref- refuge. The more broad, like, wording for this was actually it is illegal to like hunt, capture, molest. Um, so if you see it, leave it the fuck alone. Yeah, basically. It's like, don't fucking touch it. Leave it alone. Don't fuck with it. This is an Arkansas treasure. And that That's was pretty cool. much like the... There There hasn't really been a whole lot of recent sightings about, the, about Whitey. It's honestly... They keep trying to say that it was either a big-ass fish with toes... That's what I'm saying. It was either a big-ass fish or an elephant seal. Why would there be an elephant seal in Arkansas? That's why every... So, like, my... And then there were some people, like, throwing out manatees. And with spines? Yeah, exactly. And then there was, like, people throwing out, like, manatee and everything. And I'm like, that does not sound like a fucking manatee. But funny enough, whenever you... Also, I'm pretty sure manatees don't leave the water. No. No, exactly. Neither do fish. (laughs) You got me there. <laughs> Unless you're, like, talking, like, bug kips or something. Well, so, like, crazy enough. Okay, so, so this yeah. this creepy-ass-looking creature is what they believed at first. Because they thought they captured it in 1950. They thought that they had captured it. They had been fishing. They found it and everything. And this is, like, what they thought it was until the sightings began back in 1971. What is it? It looks like a... It just looks like a big ass fish. I it think it's like a sturgeon. A big ass gar or something. Yeah, that kind of looks like a gar to me. Yeah, exactly. I'm no fisherman. Well, I I'm... know like six fish probably. We'll see. But I really liked that episode of River Monsters. It was the Which first is why one he I needs to come here and catch the White River Monster. Yes. I feel like they would give him a pass. Now, <laughs> this is what the agreed upon image of Whitey is. 
like from people reading the accounts and people that are still alive today and giving an account this is an artist rendition of whitey this thing is like the thing out of jeremy wade's nightmares oh i love his teeth it's a little toothy so um we'll post these pictures on our instagram that's Twitter, horrifying. our social media. We'll post on the social media. Probably the website too. But it's like it's so all over the place that like you, there is no way to like really figure out what the fuck that thing was. And like, so there was like a couple little shitty photos taken of it back in the day, and the shitty photos you can't tell. You cannot tell. I'm looking at one of them right now. I can't tell what the fuck I'm looking at except what I think is supposed to be a mound on the riverbank, but. They're like, they were trying to say it was a manatee, and then they're trying to say it's an elephant seal. Personally, it sounds like I'm wondering if this is a case of, like, two things at once. And the only reason why I say that is because there are sturgeon in Arkansas. Right. And sturgeon's a kind of fish, and it's got the sharp points on the back, and it's described as being smooth and gray. I was giving that back to you. Oh. But it's described as being smooth and gray. And sturgeon, I don't believe, have scales. I'm pretty sure they have, like, catfish-like skin, if that makes any sense. I think it was a sturgeon. Well, I'm wondering if it's a case of, like, two things at once to where it was, like, it it was a sturgeon, but then also at the same time, it, oh, yeah. it was, like, a croc- like, an alligator. Like, I'm wondering if an alligator did a large part of the damage, because we have had, like, 15, 20-foot alligators in Arkansas. Um, so sturgeons do kind of have, like, ridges on its back. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, the we spine. cracked the case. We cracked the case. <laughs> it's a unholy love child between a gator and a sturgeon. Oh, God. Well, I'm not necessarily <laughs> even saying that. I think just at first they seen a sturgeon and was like, what the fuck is that? I mean, sturgeons are pretty fucking big, but I don't know. They don't get that big, like, three car lengths. A uh, monstrous one could. In Arkansas? You've seen... They don't stop growing. Maybe if he was like, I'm okay, real on. hungry one day. All right, hold on. I'm looking up things. the sizes of sturgeons. Uh, N-O-A-A-Fisheries.gov. So it's a government site. So you know it's legit. I think a government site wouldn't have pop-ups. <laughs> okay, so weight... That's how they take your top Up dollars. to 800 pounds... Length, 14 feet. Lifespan, 60 years. So, not only do they get big as shit, they live forever, too. Exactly. But what also gets big as shit and lives forever? Alligators. 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 (laughs) But, so, like, if this is a case, because they didn't see it. They didn't see it in 1971. They didn't, like, there wasn't another sighting. They found what they think is, like, the leftover, like, fucked up shit. So, oh, so there. So you think it that part was the gator? I think that part was the gator, but at that point, it had already been. They started like whenever I tell you they started selling shit like in Scotland with Nessie, like there was memorabilia. There was like pop up lemonade stand type stores. So maybe they just like because Arkansas is so shitty. Sorry, if you live in Arkansas and you really like Arkansas, you know I'm not apologizing. (laughs) Because <laughs> I live in Arkansas now, and you're not pulling a fast one over on me. Um, but maybe you have to admit it's beautiful here. I don't have to it admit can shit. Be. <laughs> okay, okay. The natural state it is pretty. There are pretty places, but I mean, the people kind of. Oh yeah, no, the people suck. But um, well, what I was gonna say was that uh, so gators 
I mean, I've seen, well, I have never seen it personally in person. I try not to get that close to gators. But, I mean, I've seen clips of them, like, accidentally chomping down on another one's foot and doing a death roll and, like, ripping limbs and shit off. If it's an old enough gator and it's, like, big enough to drag itself and, like, crush vegetation and trees and shit, who's to say that it doesn't, it's not missing some toes? I mean, there's, like, anomalies and animals and people and everything across the world. It could have been just a big fucking sturgeon, like, a really big sturgeon. So maybe it was, like, I mean, that occurs in animals, too. I'm not a scientist, uh, just FYI, in any sense (laughs) of the word. Um, But maybe it just, like was a really big fuck off just like a really big fish and it was like working tandem with a big fucking old ass gator well so and that's the thing too is that not a lot of people realize is that arkansas is pretty heavily like deep in like folklore and in like like native american culture and like witches and everything like i would not be surprised if they seen this giant ass fucking fish and they had never laid eyes on it before they had no fucking clue what the hell it was. <laughs> and they're like, that is a monster. I'm looking here, and sturgeons don't have scales. They have scutes, which are bony plates along the length of their body. So they're not scaled. They have plates, and they have, like, ridges. Because they're, like, leftover fucking dinosaurs. But that's basically what I mean, is that it's, like, it's... <sighs> There's like oh that's where I was at. There was a meme going around and it's like one of those like just above the surface uh photos where it's like you're like it's right above the surface of like some lake water. And there's this crazy ass fucking creature looking up at you from the lake. Uh-huh. And it's like it's level with the camera. Like it is like right fucking there and it's like a huge ass head and everything. I would poop. Well, that was that's a sturgeon. Like, that crazy-looking fucking thing looking at you is a sturgeon. That sounds absolutely horrifying. Well, I googled sturgeon, and the first picture was just of a little baby sturgeon. I, okay, but I'm like, babies get scared of sharks. I'm scared of fish, too. Lakes, ocean, rivers, ponds. Well, and it literally doesn't help that if there's a standing body body of water in Arkansas, there's going to be a fish big enough to eat a small child in it. Thank you. I will never be going swimming in a lake or a river or anything here. Yeah, you should probably just stick to pools. Are you a small child? (laughs) Yes. On the inside. Um, So, we are two adults and one small child. Don't say that. It's weird. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, don't say that. Yeah, okay. That is weird. I am an adult. I am nearly 30 years old. If anything, I am the child of the group because I am 26. A human woman. Yeah. You gotta specify these days. Somebody might be an alien. Not an alien. An alien. Okay. I'm not entirely convinced I don't live with aliens. Well, <sighs> no, that's not right. That's <laughs> not. Actually, that was kind of right because that was the Doctor Who theme song for a second, so. Is Doctor Who aliens? Yes. Oh, I've not really I've seen never it. watched Doctor Who. Okay, one of my exes is made on? me watch it and I was bored. I'm the sorry. Doctor is an I alien. It was boring. I'm sorry. Is that what he is this whole time? Is an alien? He is an alien. I don't, he was he like has a time two traveler hearts. or something. He's a time lord, which is an alien. Oh. Yeah, this he's whole from time, a, I he's thought a completely he was, other planet. I thought he was just like a British inspector guy. There's like several. <laughs> There's not just one. There's <laughs> okay, like several. Okay, first of all, no, it's the, okay, so there are several different, 
Okay, so the doctor's planet got destroyed in a war. (laughs) So he thinks he is the last Time Lord. And the several doctors, that's the same Time Lord. They regenerate when they're, like, injured badly or close to death. And they become a new person. But there's actually not. There's more Time Lords he just doesn't know about until later. Weird. Anyways. Thank you for your story about the White River Monster. Yeah, that's actually really I'm, cool, and I'm feeling really um, I'm like I took the rivers. easy way out on my state stuff. Well, um, probably. Well, oh, I mean, it's the first episode, so. Like, well, hey listen, guys, sorry, we're taking the easy way out. This will be more like I'm giving a report. Like, you remember in school when you had to do like a research project? Uh huh. I low key really enjoyed the research. High key hated giving the report because stage fright. I guess is what you would call it. My too much gene kicked in every time. Oh, I... You know, I didn't have that as a kid. Or I still do. I have it now, for sure, for oh, sure. Oh, 100%. Uh, I guess we'll move on up to Michigan. All right, let's go to and Michigan. I'll get my report on something spooky about Michigan. Well, it's not about. It's a story from there. <laughs> okay. Um, I to do ASMR. No. Don't you dare. I, don't, I, do I can't even take it away from you ASMR. because, like, you need it. You're part of the podcast. Oh, all right. I have all the power. I <laughs> already told you that you can do your own ASMR thing later. All right. So my story thing is the Ypsilanti Ripper. Yes, that's right. Ypsilanti. It's spelled really funny. Is it Ypsilanti or Ypsilanti? Ypsilanti. Like At least yippee? that's how I. That's well, I mean, how you're I've always from been there, told. So. So Ypsilanti. Oh, look, that doesn't mean shit. It could still be wrong. I'm kind of dumb. So I'm going to be talking about the Ypsilanti Ripper, who was a serial killer, a really awful, terrible guy. His name was John Norman Chapman. Again, to have Ypsilanti Ripper as a name. And, and then have such a dumb, like, John. Yeah. Sorry to all sorry, the Jones yeah. out there. I'm, I'm kind of sorry. I'm kind of sorry. Well, I mean, you can't There's help only it. probably a handful of them that are actually Listen, good. So at this point, whatever. they can't help it. You, oh, yeah, okay, well, all right. Okay, semantics. Okay, um, he was born in 1947 in Windsor, Canada. Had two older siblings, a brother and a sister. His father abandoned his mother and his siblings shortly after John was born. Apparently, his dad was an abusive alcoholic, and when John's mother married for a second time, he was also an abusive alcoholic. There's a theme here. We'll find out more. Oh, you don't say it. Yeah. Alcoholism. (laughs) Yes. uh, Abusive and alcoholic. Both Those go pretty hand in hand. Um, When John was two, his uh, stepfather threw him across the family vehicle in a fit of rage aiming John at his mother. Wait, hold on. He, yes, hold he on. picked him up, threw him across the car, and th- tried to throw him at his mother. It's, it's <laughs> okay, that wait, is so fucked up to pick up your child and yeet it's it not, at It wasn't, he's not, he wasn't his child, so I mean, it's it's still Sorry. not okay. Don't get me wrong. Okay, hold on. Don't Any throw was... children at people. <laughs> um... <laughs> On another occasion, his stepfather provoked an argument with another man who then pulled a gun on him. To defend himself from this man with a gun, 
he used four-year-old John as a human shield. And, okay, there's no excuse for someone to be a serial killer, but his childhood... (laughs) fucked up okay so if somebody used me as a human shield when i was four i might become a serial killer (laughs) well okay so there is one saying um from ashley and elena on morbid that like i really resonate with and we talk about serial killers and it's you can feel bad for the child but don't feel bad for the adult yes yeah and that's like exactly like the whole him throwing him at his mom thing really caught me off guard because i mean yeet but (laughs) wait how old was he when he two and then at you four, threw a whole ass fucking toddler at somebody. Yeah. Um, and then also using the four year old as body armor, like yeah, what? body shield. The trauma started early with this guy. Yeah, from, like in from fucking day one. And that's the thing is, I can feel bad for child him. Yeah, adult him, none whatsoever. Yeah. Child Fuck that him guy. though, God, that poor baby. Um, in 1951, John's mother left his abusive stepfather and moved with her three children to Detroit, Michigan. And that's where the Michigan part comes in, folks. I wonder if the final straw was him throwing her, like, adult, her, her oldest son at her in the car. <laughs> like, we may never know. Um, but then, guess what? What? She married another man. Who was an al- also an alcoholic. Uh, his name was William Colli- Collins. He, um, this one actually adopted all three kids. And yes, he was an alcoholic and frequently became abusive. There it is. Um, I was about to say, oh, here's a ha- little bit of a happy ending. No. 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 Oh, there's no happy ending in here. Uh, by 1956, John's mother and William divorced. Despite his turbulent home life, John was an honor student, captain of the football team, and the star pitcher of his high school's baseball team, because of course he was. He was, on all accounts, popular and successful throughout high school. Mm. In 1965, John began studying uh, education at Eastern Michigan University. He was in a fraternity, but then was kicked out. Due to uh, suspicion of him stealing, which I don't know. How apparently, the it goes fuck from cut that out. <laughs> it's okay. We don't have to address it. It's actually really not polite to address someone with Tourette's. Nita, <laughs> I forget she has Tourette sometimes. On your toes. So, also, yeah, so they suspected him of stealing, so they kicked his ass out of the fraternity. So, apparently, went from stealing to serial killing. Oh, oh, wait, well, can we just, like, bounce back a little bit? I'm sorry. Did they describe his home life as, as something as little as turbulent? Yes, they did. Also, this article that I got most of this information from. What did he steal to yes. be kicked out of a fucking frat? Did you steal someone's kidney? I feel yeah, like Mida. I've never, I've never actually known anybody in a frat, but like, oh, you know, popular media is like frat boys are fucking crazy. Oh no, that's pretty much accurate. No shade intended, but um, like, I have shade. However, <laughs> but to be kicked, I just want to know what he stole. <laughs> I don't know. Was it Does like, it ever say what they think he stole, or was it just like, oh, well, he, he was he stole she Okay, she all right, know. we should shut up. And let her finish. <laughs> So, just like high school, he was really popular, successful student, did really well, dated a lot. But the young women he would date often said he was very angry and sexually mm. aggressive. Mm. 
uh, during his sophomore year, his grades started to drop. He was accused of cheating in class and petty theft all over campus. So he probably did steal something. Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, yeah. And then in 1966, John learned his sister was pregnant by a man other than her husband. And John beat the man so bad until he was unconscious and then beat his sister. Like his pregnant sister? Yes. Beat his sister and beat the man so bad uh, he went unconscious and was calling her a tramp and all this stuff. I mean, don't beat people for cheating on their spouses, I guess. But, like, this wasn't good to do either. I'm just saying. I mean, honestly, I feel as though he was just beating her to get another weapon out. He was having flashbacks to his childhood. Mm, that's, that's really fucked up. It's horrible. Yeah. Like, oh my god. Uh, after the instance in 1966, after, you know, he beat his sister and uh, her... What would a mistress be but... Uh, opposite of mistress like a man mistress that guy he beat that guy okay um <laughs> the guy she was cheating on yes what is uh, called in... like a tom i feel like a tom sounds nice oh okay like a tomcat yeah like a tomcat mm. hmm. in july of 1967 19 year old eastern michigan student mary was okay first of all i cannot pronounce some of these names mary therese Felizar disappeared after a neighbor saw her walking to her apartment. The neighbor reported seeing a man in a blue-gray Chevy pull up to Mary twice, trying to start a conversation. Um, She shook her head both times, so the neighbor assumed the driver was asking if she needed a ride. Why is it always a Chevy? Because she took the Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not giving you the justification for that. Yeah, that was not. I'm just going to put some cricket sounds in there later. <laughs> <laughs> on August 7th, 1967, two teenage boys found the nude body of Mary on an abandoned farm. Her remains were identified through dental records, and the autopsy showed Mary had been stabbed approximately 30 times in the chest. Her feet and part of one of her hands were missing. Holy shit. Yeah. Okay, well, this took a sudden turn. Yeah. Holy fuck, it went from you beat people with kids to you... God damn. Yeah. Um, she was beaten severely before her death due to advanced decomposition. Pathologists were not were not able to determine if she was sexually assaulted. Mm. Um, the scene showed the body had been moved numerous times after being placed in the field. This man so really he, decided to rip the knob off. So he moved her? her oh, yeah. He went from zero to a hundred real quick. Not even really zero. He went from like thirty. Yeah. Oh my god, jinx! <laughs> Y'all are so gay. It's true. I mean, in a good way. This is an LGBTQ plus. Oh, I dropped podcast. Oh, okay. After the remains were positively identified as Mary, a young man arrived at the funeral of uh, the funeral home, not the funeral. Arrived at the funeral home that was preparing the young woman's body. He said that he was a friend of Mary's family and wanted to take a picture of the body as a quote-unquote keepsake to the family. What in the fuck? What? Yeah. The funeral home informed him that that was not possible, to which he responded, 
You mean you can't fix her up enough so I could just get one picture of her? Which, creepy. I can't think of a single fucking person on this earth. A, a normal person. Let me just put it this way. If I fucking died miserably and in like a horrible situation, I don't think my mom's going to be like, well, let me go snap a Polaroid to put in the photo album for keepsakes. I would have right. I would have immediately called the police. Like, fucking immediate. Well, uh, not just that, but the fact that the police were able to identify her by her dental record so fucking fast and then not be like, whore, found in barn. That's different than normal. Right. Yeah. But, like, yeah, no, police should have been called, like, before that man left. He should have been like, yeah, let me go give her a makeover. (laughs) Well, this was the 1960s, so maybe they were less suspicious. I don't know. Just step into the walk-in freezer, chill out for a second, lock him in there, call the police. <laughs> just be like, yeah, I just need to go pick up her color of Mary Kay from Walgreens <laughs> on the back. Mm-hmm. Like, but I- then after they denied him a photo, he left the funeral home. And the family states they were not aware of who this person was and had not asked him to take a picture of her. He was described as a young white male, handsome, dark hair, and he drove... A blue-gray Chevy. Hmm. Fast forward to June 30th of 1968. 20-year-old Joan Shell was traveling to Ann Arbor to visit her boyfriend, but missed the bus. She then decided to hitchhike her way instead. Her roommate said a vehicle stopped to pick her up, and the driver was a young male, around 20 years old, with clean-cut and short, dark hair. He matched the description of Joan's neighbor. Can anyone guess who her neighbor was? John Norman Collins. Mm. How many years has this man been 20 years old? They don't... I mean, they're just guessing he's in his 20s. I know, but it's just like... It's something that always like drives the <laughs> shit out of me. Is that it's like... It's always... It's college girls. And the victim or the murderer is always described as being like a 20-year-old 20, 20 man. Which, don't get me wrong. I understand. There's a lot of like crazy shit going on. I get all that. Let's just be honest. White age is like milk. So I'm trying to figure out what was so different back in 1960 to where this man still looked 20 years old so many years later. That's a good question. It's I probably the evil. You evil know what? Keeps I keeps you young, folks. I, I believe that. Evil yeah. keeps you young. A few days later, um, Joan's body was actually found uh, mutilated on the roadside in Ann Arbor where she was uh, trying to go to see her boyfriend. Uh, Her autopsy showed she had been raped and stabbed at least 25 times. The wounds punctured her lungs, liver, and carotid artery. Her throat had also been slit, and the lack of blood underneath her body led investigators to believe that her body hadn't been along the roadside long and was placed there after she was killed. While part of her body was preserved, her upper upper torso and head were badly decomposed. This led investigators to believe her killer tried but failed to preserve her body. Oh. The wounds were very similar to those that Mary had suffered, leading authorities to believe the murders were committed by the same man. Police were told that the man seen picking Joan up looked very similar to her neighbor, John Norman Collins. He was matched... He was matched to the sketch of the man who asked to take pictures of Mary at the funeral home. 
When police questioned him, he denied knowing Joan and said he had spent the weekend of Joan's disappearance with his mother in Centerline, Michigan, and the police believed him and never verified his alibi. Uh, so, fast like, forward to March 20th of 1969. 23-year-old University of Michigan law student Jane Louise Mixer disappeared. She had posted a note on the college bulletin board asking for a ride across Michigan to her t- hometown of Muskegon. Why? Her body was discovered in Denton Cemetery in Van Buren Township. Her autopsy and murder scene revealed how many differences from the murders of Mary and Joan. Jane was found fully clothed, had been shot twice, and there was no signs of sexual assault in this case. She had a garment tied around her neck and, just like the first two victims, was menstruating at the time of her death. Oh my god. How the fuck? So, we haven't talked about it yet. It talks about it later, but every time... Every woman so far that um, was one of his victims, there was things they had in common. They were brunette, they were college-age girls, and they were menstruating at the times of their death. How the fuck? I mean, obviously he stalked them, but, like, how in the fuck did he figure? I'm sure she's going to get to that. Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, God. Did they? they, Just let her get to it. I'm quiet. The reason they connected Jane's murder to Mary and Jones was the menstruating part is what made them connect the three because that was the only similar similarity of Jones of Jane's murder to Joan and Mary's was that Mm -hmm. she was also a brunette and menstruating so that is what clicked for them to say hey there's a serial killer on loose Four days after Jane's body was found, police found yet another victim's remains. The nude and severely mutilated body of a teenage girl was found behind a vacant house in a rural rural area. The body was found just a few hundred yards from where the police had found Joan Shell's body months earlier. The victim was identified as a 16-year-old girl, Marilyn Skelton. Marilyn's autopsy and crime scene was so horrific that investigators said it was the worst crime they had ever seen. She had numerous fractures covering one-third of her skull and one side of her face. She had been severely beaten and tortured before her death. Her shirt was stuffed into her throat, likely to muffle her screams. Lacerations on her body led authorities to believe she had been beaten with a leather strap and a tree branch had been violently inserted into her vagina. And like the other victims, she too was menstruating at the time of her murder. Young women lived in fear of a serial killer terrorizing Michigan. The task force identified that all the victims were brunette, Caucasian females who had been menstruating at the time of their deaths. Police found that all victims had similar wounds and had something tied around their necks linking all four murders together. On April 16th of 1969, another body was found. This time, it was identified as 13-year-old Dawn Louise Bassam, and she was found on a desolate road in Ypsilanti. She was dressed only in her blouse and bra, which was pushed up around her neck. She had been stabbed numerous times in her chest and genitals, had slash wounds on her torso, breast, and buttocks. She was also strangled with an electric cord and had a handkerchief 
placed in her mouth. There was no conclusive evidence of sexual assault. I mean, that sounds pretty conclusive right there. I know, know she only saying. had a bra and blouse on. And she was stabbed in her genitals. Yeah, Jesus. that is pretty sexual assault to me, you know? She had been last seen the night before her body was found walking home from a friend's house less than a mile from her home. Her sweater and other items of clothing were located in an abandoned farmhouse near where her body was found. The farmhouse... In the farmhouse, police also found fresh human bloodstains indicating the murder had occurred here and her body later dumped. While searching the house, Marilyn Skelton's earrings were found linking the two cases. In July of 1955, I don't know, that's not supposed to say 55. 75? In July of 1975, three teenage boys discovered another body. The body was identified as 21-year-old Alice Callum. Her body was partially nude and beaten severely, found in a field near a different abandoned farmhouse. She was stabbed several times, two of those times piercing her heart, and had also been shot in the forehead and then her neck slashed so severely it cut through her spine. She had been raped and one of her shoes was missing, and with the increase of murders across the campuses of Eastern Michigan University and Michigan University, female students were beginning to panic. It was believed that the killer was likely a student. Girls were using the buddy system while walking anywhere, careful not to be alone. Sales of tear gas, knives, and security locks skyrocketed in that area. The way I would have fucking bleached my hair so fast like i am going if i'm a brunette i'm going some sort of ungodly fucking color yeah like i'm not going blonde i'm not going red also if it like if he was murdering people in 1969 and they found another body in 1975 so he's like been active for six plus years at this point wait longer than that that's wrong i don't i'm confused because this I got this from this article. It says, in July of 1955, three teenage boys discovered a body. But this was in the 60s. But it had to have been... It can't be 75 because uh, he was incarcerated in the 70s. I wonder if that is they found another body. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That has to be... I'm hot. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. I believe... Maybe it's saying that, um, and they had found that body in 1955, and they linked that oh, it body, linked, so maybe yeah. that was actually his first victim. But still, 1955 to 1969? Oh, yeah. Because, um, yeah, that- But then you also have to worry, like, you have to think about if- How did they tell all that stuff if it's been that long- the body has just been sitting there for that number of years. How they? I, I mean, I'm sure were. the blade would leave marks and stuff. I mean, yeah, this technology thing. wasn't the same back then as it is now. Right. So. Well, no, but the thing is, is that if he used a knife, it doesn't really like. Okay, though, yes, technology isn't the same now as it was then. If he used a knife, they could, still could have figured like out the blade marks on the bones. Yeah. 
or I could have just put the state in there randomly on accident and <laughs> fucked it all up. We'll never know. Okay, well, <laughs> anywho. Uh, um, first episode. It's fine. By July of 1969, over a thousand sex offenders had been questioned, over 800 tips had been investigated, but still no suspect had been arrested. Jesus. Police had even asked a psychic named Peter Hercos to assist in the investigation. He predicted that the murderer was a strongly built white male under 25 years of age, born outside of the United States, and that he rode a motorcycle. He revealed details of the murders to the police that not that had not been previously released. He also predicted that the killer would strike one more time and soon. And then on July 23rd of 1969, 18-year-old Karen Sue Bainman was reported missing by her roommate after she failed to return home after curfew. Three days later, her body was discovered nude laying face down in a wooded gully. The autopsy revealed she had been beaten excessively and had lacerations so f- severe that nearly all the skin on her breast had been removed, revealing oh subsequent subcutaneous tissue. She had severe skull fractures and brain injuries and had also been burned on her breast and had a piece of cloth in her throat. She ultimately died of strangulation. Karen had been raped before she was murdered and torn and her torn undergarments were found inside of her vagina. On her panties, authorities collected human semen and hair clippings. Oh, you done fucked up now, A.A. Ron. Karen had told the clerk at the wig shop she had been earlier that day that she had two firsts that day, buying a wig and riding on the back of a motorcycle. Oh, the, so the psychic was right. The clerk described the man as about 22 years old with dark brown hair. Again, how is this man still in his fucking twenties? Like, I mean, okay, you're, it's you're not thinking as many too years much as about you, it. Yeah, it's it's not it, okay. Literally, what it is is the fact that he started this shit in like the 1950s. If if she didn't fuck up the dates, either way, at this point we're in 1969. What? Yeah. What was his birthday? Forty-seven. So, 1947 to 1969? And if that man is only 22 years old, then he's been killing since before he was a fucking adult. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So, police decided they had to set up a decoy to find the killer. He was known to return to the body after the crime, so police did not immediately release that they had found Karen's body. Instead, they placed a mannequin in place of the body, and around midnight, police noticed a young man running from the site where the decoy was laying. But due to heavy rain, they were unable to capture or identify him. The police here really fucking let that guy slip through their fingers. Well, investigating Karen's murder, police thought of the description of the man Karen rode on the motorcycle matched the description of John Norman Collins. He had been seen riding his motorcycle around Eastern Michigan University on the afternoon of July 23rd, and when shown photos of John Norman Collins, the man with Karen that day, 
He had been seen riding his motorcycle around Eastern Michigan University on the afternoon of July 23rd. While, investigate, while investigating Collins, they learned that several of his former girlfriends reported he had been angry, sexually aggressive, and become enraged when they were menstruating. He even said he could tell when a woman was menstruating because he could smell it. Mm. His co-workers said he frequently talked about the murders, giving graphic details not released to the public. John Norman Collins was acquainted with most of the victims or had lived nearby. A former girlfriend lived in the same apartment complex as young Don Bossom and confirmed John had met the young girl on, a on multiple occasions. After being identified in a lineup, Collins refused to take a polygraph test. His roommate said after he became a suspect, Collins destroyed a box with shoes, a purse, and other items believed to be missing from the murder scenes. I just want to know what he did with those two feet. And in the hand. hand. It wasn't even a whole hand. It was part it was of a hand. <laughs> While John Collins' uncle was on vacation, now to preface this, John Collins' uncle was a police officer. Um, <laughs> what the fuck? While John's uncle was on vacation, he stayed at his house. This was at the same time that Karen Bainman disappeared. Upon his return, he notified his colleagues that he had found numerous red stains he believed to be blood. But upon investigation, it was determined to be paint. While searching the uncle's home, police found numerous hair clippings that matched those found on Karen's body. The clippings were not John Norman Collins or Karen's, but matched his uncle's small children whose hair was cut in the basement shortly before vacation. They also found small bloodstains in the basement that matched the blood type of Karen. A neighbor recalled witnessing Collins leaving his uncle's home with a deluxe laundry detergent box and hearing muffled screams the night before. When he was confronted with the evidence against him, Collins burst into tears but continued to deny he was involved in any of the murders. Nah, However, with the hairs matching and other evidence, um... That led to John Norman so Collins being arrested and charged with charged with Karen's murder. While awaiting trial, police learned of another possible victim in California. So, backtrack to June 30th of 1969. 17-year-old Roxy Ann Phillips was murdered in Salinas, California. Roxy had informed friends she had a friend named John who attended Eastern Michigan University. Upon investigation, it was determined that John and his roommate had traveled to Salinas, California on June 29th. Rox Roxy's nude body was found in a ravine with a dress around her neck and had been strangled and one ear, ear, not one ear, one earring was missing. So he's taking trophies. He's been taking trophies the oh, whole yeah. time. I feel like the whole trophy thing really just started with like off with a bang. With the foot and the half hand? <laughs> Two feet. Two feet and half hand. But, like, like how fucking <laughs> dare he start crying? Right. Like, are you fucking kidding me? You commit all of these gruesome murders. You stab women in the genitals. You rape them with trees. Plus all the other... Uh, you shred a woman's, like, breasts to the point to where there is hardly any flesh left. And then you're gonna cry about it. Yeah, and then you're gonna fucking cry about it. Kiss mm -hmm. my fucking ass. 
In April of 1970, John was formally charged with Roxy Phillips' murder. Hmm. In June of 1970, John went to trial for the murder of Karen in Ann Arbor. Collins chose not to take the stand in his own defense. The primary evidence against him included the clerk's identification of him, the blood in his uncle's home, and the hairs in his co- of his cousins found in her panties. The defense claimed that the forensics were unreliable and police were guilty of harassing Collins. On August Fucking 19th, how? Just let her finish. On August 19, 1970, John Norman Collins was found guilty of first-degree murder and sentenced to life in prison with no pol- no possibility of parole. Possibility. During the trial, police realized that most of the victims re- resembled Collins' mother. They also oh, noted that the murders stopped think. after his arrest. His mother and sister defended him, insisting he was innocent and railroaded. Collins had appealed his conviction several times, all unsuccessfully. Police found more evidence that Collins was guilty of killing other victims, although he was never charged. For example, Collins and Felsar, Mary, were working in the same building at the time she died. Another witness said he saw a shell with Collins the night of her disappearance. Another witness claimed Collins had an argument with Alice Callum shortly before she was killed. A boot print on her body matches Collins' boots, and around the time of Roxy Phillips' murder, John was treated in California for anaphylaxis caused by poison oak. (laughs) Roxy's body was found in a patch of poison oak. I'm I'm so You're fucking... still stuck on the mom and the sister, aren't you? Because yeah. I am. Yeah, no, like, okay. I can see okay. you out the corner of my eye flailing. Okay, just like back <laughs> touching. She's just touching shit. It's driving me nuts. <laughs> In my defense, I didn't mean to just make that boom noise. I was like moving this a little bit, but my knuckle clipped like, like right here. Shit. Listen, it's because my ADHD is kicking in, but the fact that the fucking mom, like, okay, the mom... I can understand a little bit. Moms are going to protect their kids no matter what. Period. Like, that's how it is. <laughs> but to this add to it, mess. the daughter, his sister, that he beat the living shit out of. Okay, we are so past that part. Okay, first off, the fact that all of his victims look like his mother... Well, I know, but what she just said that the mom and the daughter defended him in the court. Okay, yeah, that's fucked up. That's what I'm saying. You Listen, you thinking I'm still stuck on way the fuck back then. I'm stuck on the fact that the daughter defended him in court and was like, my brother's not that bad. Bitch, your fucking like kid was born with a built-in ashtray forehead because of how bad <laughs> he beat your ass. Like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Well, in 1980... John changed his last name to Chapman, Ugh. which was the last name of his biological father, Ooh. as he has dual citizenship of the United States and Canada. He requested to transfer to a prison in Canada. Originally, this request was granted, but reversed in the wake of public outrage when the public learned that Canada would likely parole him. He has been in trouble in prison for contraband violations he refuses to give interviews for the most part, but continues to insist he's innocent. July of 2005, DNA evidence from the murder of Jane Mixer 
identified that John Norman Collins was likely not her killer. 62-year-old Gary Lederman, a former nurse, was identified as the killer and charged with her murder. Jane's murder was significantly different from the others as she was found clothed and shot. Lederman was convicted and sentenced to life without parole. He is not considered a suspect in any of the other murders. I was so, going to say something about that. Yeah. Like, just the fact that she was, like, the one, which, okay. Which, actually, there, two of them were shot, which means he did shoot one of his victims. Well, that's what I was about to say. But that, that victim was still at least partially nude and had other things that related to. But it was just, so her menstruating was just, like, a coincidence mm-hmm. because, you know, women. Since advancements in DNA technology has advanced. Uh, more evidence has um, come to light in the other murders. DNA on Alice Callum's clothing was a positive match for John Norman Collins. Um, he continues to deny his involvement in the crimes, but has exhausted all of his appeals. He um, never, sorry, not never, he rarely gives interviews or answers to questions, but has requested that everyone leave his mother out of it and has been it's now been more than 50 years since uh, his reign of terror across Michigan in Ypsilanti, Ann Arbor he remains in prison in Michigan still to this day why wouldn't they give him the, like, the death sentence I don't know if Michigan maybe they a, don't have it in that state I, say, I don't think Michigan is a you know Oedipus is just rolling over in his grave no not Oedipus well Oedipus but also, Sigmund Freud. Mm. Well, it's Holy like... Holy shit. Brad, just admit that you, like, have a secret hatred for your fucking mom. Like you. But, like, a- he's like, leave her out of this. Ugh. That whole story was a fucking nightmare. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know That's what I expected. Like, I feel like I'm underwhelming now, because you two bitches are like, let's talk about some serious fucking murderers. And I'm like, I'm talking about mermaids. <laughs> I mean, no, it was No, I think that's cool. I really, <laughs> I really liked yeah. what you talked about. Um, so I, like I just looked little... it up, and the death penalty was constitutionally banned in Michigan in 1963. Oh, he got close. He got lucky. Or maybe he didn't have to sit in jail for the remainder of his life. I don't he know. tried to appeal, but he exhausted all of his appeals, so. Oh, yeah. Sucker. Well, it's like, like, what the fuck do you have to appeal? I... Well, he still claims to be guilty, or not guilty. I only sort of maybe killed a bunch of people, but, you know, I didn't do it. Even though there's literal DNA evidence. Yes, your sperm was found inside one of the bodies. Your baby cousin's hairs were found inside of a woman's underwear. Inside of a, her underwear inside of her body. Yeah. Her blood was found in your uh, uncle's basement. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, that's gonna, I really hope I don't dream about that tonight. That's going to haunt me in my fucking dreams now. You know, even though he has such, like, a basic white bitch name, like, he he did deserve the Ripper title, I think. Like, just solely, solely based on the fact that he literally stabbed, like, cut a woman's breast so many times that there was, like, no more flesh there. My God. They didn't say skin. They said cut. Okay, well, mm-hmm. my story Slash. is, uh, honestly, it probably should be longer than it is, because 
So because I live in Florida, I originally was going to look up all of our birthdays and do that thing that people do online where they're like, Florida man, and then they look up your birthday to see what Florida man did on that day. Um, surprisingly, given that Florida man himself is a cryptid of the state, um, it's not all that easy to find stuff. And, uh, like, I found something for my birthday. But Sammy's birthday is only two weeks before mine. And it just kept bringing up the same thing. It's more difficult, but... I still want to know what yours was. I mean, I can look it up real quick and tell you. I just um, see this guy um, who raped and murdered some women. Um, that was the date he was being um, put to death by lethal injection. And when he was being put to death by lethal injection, he screamed, murder, murder, like calling the people that were putting him to death murderers instead of him because he thought he had done nothing wrong. So, anyways, well, uh, like, I might cover that later. That might be cool to do later. Cover his story specifically. Yeah, that fucking guy. I just want to, like, put my mouth on this mic. Do not. Stop, Stop touching it. I can't help it. Just, we need to get you some, something to hold, like a fidget toy or something. I keep finding things, and then they don't hold my attention Fuck. for very long. I just keep looking over, and you're like, da 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 I can hear everything you're doing. Every time you touch that, it bings in my ear. Well, it's like, I just want to be able to, like, move. Don't. I'm trying to figure out what this thing does. It just, it tightens, like, the thing around your mic. If you don't stop touching shit and let us get through this. Okay, so uh, I was I decided to look up other serial killers in Florida. Um, serial killers are one thing. Florida, what it lacks in common sense, you cannot argue with me. I was born and raised there. You cannot argue with me. I'm not going to hear anything about it. If you live in Florida, you know that it's Salem's Lot. Do not argue with me because I'm not going to hear it. So what it lacks in common sense and human decency at this point... It makes up for in serial killers, which, I mean, it's, Jesus, it's Florida. Um, I did not know that there were, <coughs> you about to draw me fucking crazy. Do you need to step away? You need to go die somewhere? Are you good? Are you good? Are you okay? You need some water? Okay, well, go get some water. <coughs> Take a sip of Sammy's drink. Did you did you choke on your own spit? Okay, um, or oh, live on the podcast, a human death. <laughs> Almost, goddamn! <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so I didn't know that there were so many prolific serial killers in Florida. Am I surprised? Absolutely not. No, I'm not. There's nothing else to do in Florida but drugs. <laughs> murder or leave or wrestle gators sorry anybody that's still a part of my family that lives in florida i know who you are and i know what you do though anywho so did y'all know that uh ted bundy was put to death in florida like he no no he wasn't i'm sorry my b he murdered people in florida though yes so i thought because i'm covering florida um it's only right that i covered ted bundy and i'm like We've been recording for a while, so I'm going to kind of cover this quickly. And if I got to, like, I'll come back to it, whatever. Um, so this is from the crimemuseum.org. So that's, you know, it's legit. It's .org. Um, I didn't get this off Wikipedia. 
I could have. That would have been fun. But anywho. So I'm just going to read through this. And yeah. Ted Bundy was born on November 24th, 1946 in Burlington, Vermont and grew up to be a charming, articulate, and intelligent young man. However, by the time he was a teenager living in Washington, Bundy already exhibited signs of the sadistic serial killer he would become. Now, it doesn't really... Okay. Uh, in interviews, he recalled being antisocial and wandering the streets, looking for discorded pornography or open windows through which he could spy on unsuspecting women. He also had an extensive juvenile record for theft that was dismissed when he turned 18. You shouldn't have. By 1972, he had graduated college and showed great promise. It always starts with theft. What is that? Well, okay, so we always say in my family that if you're going to lie, you're going to cheat, and you're going to steal. So I guess it's not too hard to pop on but murder. Murder? That's a far leap. Okay, I don't know, though, because as somebody who is a very well-recovered kleptomaniac. Oh, aren't, um, we, aren't we kind of <laughs> old, though? I yeah. Have, I have my days. Listen, I'm not saying. I'm not men and nothing. <laughs> you can't hope me. Listen, these are allegations. These are strictly alleged. But allegedly, I stole from a very well-known Christian store. Allegedly. A I'm pretty lot. sure the statute of limitations has passed on that. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. But it's like, it, let's not just, let's not just thump, lump thieves into fucking murderers. I don't know. Maybe we need to do like a whole ass fucking case study where we look at how many serial killers were thieves. Do the whole thing with the Zodiacs. Mm. Uh, by 1972, he had graduated college and showed great promise in a career in law or politics. Red flag, red flag, red flag. That career would be cut short, though, when he discovered his true passion. Jesus. Vicious, <laughs> viciously assaulting his earliest confirmed victim in 1974. Uh, whoever wrote this article, I just want to sit down and have a talk with true you. True passion. His true passion. Viciously assaulting victims i what were they thinking i just what? <laughs> uh that's kind of fucked up it kind of feels like it glorifies yeah, it a little bit that's that's how i feel Yeesh. okay well that's like almost all of the fucking ted bundy shit is quite literally on the verge of like glorification Be- yes all like, of it was it him that like uh zach uh efron yes yes which okay listen Listen, listen. Zach, my boy. My man. Oh my god. Here we go. You could have picked literally any other killer. I don't think he picked it. I think he was picked. I think that's how that works. They were like, you know who looked like Ted Bundy? auditioned, I'm sure. He didn't, he wasn't. Well, I mean, okay, I don't know this. This is a, this is me speculating. But I'm pretty sure they didn't hold a gun to his head and say, you must. Did I say? No, I'm just saying that probably a lot of people audition, though. Okay, but also with that, he gets a slight pass <laughs> because of his, the way he acted. Okay, in, but uh, you also, no, I get where you're coming from. Yeah. Because Zac Efron is pretty attractive. And uh, that's my, no, have you seen him recently? Have you seen his no. nose? I think everyone listening to this podcast can admit that the winter They've, is fine as well. What are you talking about? They've turned this podcast off 30 minutes ago. <laughs> but I was saying by, like, choosing Zac Efron, a lot of, whether or not you find him attractive personally, a lot of women do find Zac Efron, like, attractive. 
But a lot of women found Ted Bundy attractive, which I don't see it. Like, gross. I don't see it. Um, anywho, I'm going to continue. So <coughs> fucking gross. <laughs> he tended to prey on young and attractive college women, first near his hometown... I'm sorry, first near his home in Washington, then moving east to Utah, Colorado, and finally in Florida. Bundy would prey on these women with a ruse, often wearing his arm in a sling or his leg in a fake cast, and walking on crutches. You look like you have something you want to say. I'm just thinking about how fucking stupid that man is. Why? He's pulling the fake out of the baby bird. It worked! I know! That's what makes me so fucking angry! Women, stop giving a fuck about other people. God damn. Yeah, I think I I hope I hope I hope they're better about that right now like in the in this in this nightmarish present that we live in. Well, it's like this like I don't give a fuck. If there's somebody on the side of the road that needs my help, no, I'm going to keep going. That's like, I'll call the police and have them go out there. I will help an animal, but if there's a person near that animal, I'm not stopping. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Um, I mean, there's probably some serial killer that was like, my poor dog. That's exactly why I'm saying that. I'm pretty yeah. sure at some point he did that. Okay. He would then use his charm and fake disability to convince his victims to help him carry books or unload objects from his car. He was also known to impersonate authority figures, such as police officers and firefighters. You can't trust them. To gain victims' trust before he attacked. Once they got to his 1968 tan Volkswagen Beetle, he would strike them over the head with a crowbar pipe. We talked about this. Talk about a headache. First off, <laughs> you're wrong for that. But if he's impersonating a police officer and he's like, come to my car, and it's a fucking Volkswagen Beetle. Like, you see a fucking Volkswagen Beetle, this scraggly ass looking dude. That's like, oh, come help me. Come follow me to my car. Come follow me to my beetle. Yeah. You're under arrest. Get in the back of the beetle. Okay. After hitting his victims, he would immobilize them with handcuffs. He's a cop. And force them into the vehicle. Bundy had removed the passenger seat and often stored it in the back seat or trunk, leaving an empty space on the floor for his victim to lie out of sight as he drove away. Which... That really, I don't, that, I don't understand why that's so creepy to me. Because he could have just put them in the trunk or in the back of the car. No, he moved his passenger seat so they would be right there beside him. Also, these vehicles were metal then, so that fucking sucked. Well, I'm sure them getting bonked with, <laughs> with a crowbar and then raped and murdered probably sucked more. I mean, okay, you got me there. You got me there, but, like, the tetanus bucket that was probably that car. Oh, sure. Okay. Bundy was able to rape and murder scores of women this way. He typically strangled or bludgeoned his victims, as well as mutilating them after death. He then prolonged the events by returning to visit their corpses at dump sites or even taking them home in order to gain further sexual gratification. In some cases, he even shockingly displayed their decapitated heads in his apartment and slept with their corpses until putrefaction made it unbearable. So, for one, his apartment... Rank. Not enough Febreze in the world. My god. But secondly, I'm, I'm glad it doesn't go into sordid detail about the sort of mutilations he did. 
I really appreciate that. Um, <laughs> but also, fucking, this man was so fucked in the head to like, like killing and strangling and then raping a woman, that's one thing. But then keeping their dead body going back to their like rotting corpse and still using it until you literally could not stomach it any. First off, your stomach at that point, how strong is it and how like how bad off were these corpses if you can stomach all the shit you did before? I don't want to think about it. So. These poor fucking women. Right. And this article doesn't list any of the women. Like, doesn't give names, ages, or anything. Like, not a one. And I probably should have found a better article because I don't like how... <sighs> this is probably contradictory, but I don't like how it's only focusing on him. Well, it's the thing is that it's like we can sit here and we can talk about serial killers and we can talk about the shit they did. And as, as far as like the, uh, what is it called? The psychology of it. Mm -hmm. and, and like the finding it interesting and the fact that their brain made it to where that that was okay in their minds. However, there's too many people in this world that sit here and mainly focus on what like glorify what the serial killer did in like a creepypasta kind of way. Yeah. Versus focusing on the fact that these are like. These are real women. These are real people. This is something that happened to them in the last moments of their lives. They had to spend with this man, and their bodies had to spend even longer with him. Which, if you're spiritual in any, like, sense of the word, like, I practice witchcraft. Ash doesn't. Sammy does, though. It freaks me the fuck out. But thinking about, like, they're dying in such a horrifying way, you know that their spirit or soul or whatever is still trapped there. Like, that's what I always kind of think about is, like, these serial killers, how are you not haunted to shit? You know that they say that a lot of them are actually haunted. That is going to be, we're going to cover that because that's really interesting. Well, yeah, because, I mean, like, Al Capone even. Uh, oh, yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah, up until the day he died. And then there was, like, several others to where, like, they would see, like, mm -hmm. one scene, like, a little girl that he killed. And there was, like, a whole bunch of them that had, like actual ghosts that they would see that drove them fucking crazy mm. and you cannot tell me that whenever ted you cannot tell me that ted bundy didn't at least try to ignore what was going on well i'm sure at that point probably because he was cuckoo for cocoa puffs they he, probably drove him fucking cuckoo for cocoa puffs probably one. and then for two like i hope that every time he closed their, his eyes <laughs> for the remainder of the time he did he was well, he saw them okay so as body counts rose and witness descriptions spread, several people contacted authorities to report Bundy as potentially matching suspect. However, police consistently ruled him out based on a seemingly upstanding character and clean-cut appearance. So multiple people came forward to say, he matches what I think the killer is that you're looking for. And they kept going, no, he dresses too well. He's too much of a polished... <laughs> like caucasian white man to ever that was redundant you said caucasian white man <laughs> okay well i'm saying he wasn't just white or caucasian he was specifically caucasian he was white. ultra white he was oh, okay. bleach white this man had a 720 credit score yeah from the day his cursed ass crawled out of the womb he was able to avoid detection even longer by learning how to leave virtually no evidence that could be traced by the still rudimentary forensics, te 
forensic techniques, Jesus, of the 1970s. This is where I'm going to interject here on again on this article is the fact that like I appreciate it for offering information. However, don't sit here and fucking glorify this man as smarter than again. he fucking was. Yeah. Like, let's be fucking for real. Well, I like, feel like Bundy, like, what he did was awful. And the more fucked up part of that is for him, it, I don't, it was, like, careful and precise. Like, he put time and thought into it. And that's what's, I, if it's, like, a crime of passion, like, you go crazy and you, like, murder someone. I feel like that's one thing than just sitting there and plotting the horrific things you're gonna do to somebody. Oh yeah, most definitely. But also in the same breath, it's like, hey, my my article writer, if he did exist to this like at this current time to this day, mm-hmm. like right now, it would be like point five seconds, and they'd be like, oh, it's Theodore Bundy or Ted Bundy, whatever his name really is, and be like, let's go get his ass right now. Same thing for like the the uh, murder Sammy talked about. Oh yeah, like it's. The article is glorifying how fucking intelligent he is, but it's not that he was intelligent. We just weren't up to speed to catch him yet. Bundy was finally arrested for the first time on August 16, 1975. Keep that in mind. In Utah, after fleeing from a patrol car, a search of the vehicle yielded masks, handcuffs, rope, and other nefarious items. Nothing definitively linking him to the crimes. He was released but remained under constant surveillance until he was arrested again for the kidnapping and assault of one of his victims several months later. Bundy escaped custody a year later after being transferred from Utah to Colorado for another trial but was recaptured within a week. He then managed to escape a second time on December 30th, 1977. So two years have passed and he's escaped twice in those two years. At which point he was able to reach Florida and resume his killing spree. He raped or murdered at least six more victims, none of them named, five of them Florida State University students, before he was apprehended again for a traffic violation on February the 15th, 1978. He was finally sentenced to death in the electric chair, or he, he was sentenced to death and died in the electric chair, on January the 24th, 1989. At the time of his execution, Bundy had confessed to 30 murders, though the actual number of his victims remained unknown. And his Volkswagen, whose beetle, is on display at the Alcatraz East Crime Museum in Tennessee. So, this is an, another great example of, <laughs> of how shitty police work was during this. Well, and like, that's the thing, is like... It- like, whenever you... Because there was a couple interviews done with the cops that, like, worked around the Bundy trial and everything. And the the main thing that they pointed on and focused about that was the main fucking issue was the fact that there was very little to no communication across, like, jurisdictions. Oh, and state lines and stuff. Yeah, state lines, counties, and everything. Like, it, there was, like, a significant amount of time before Florida realized that they had Ted Bundy. Like, See, he started... So his first victim... He killed in 1974, and he was not, he wasn't sentenced to death until 1989. That is a huge amount of time. But when was he caught? So. The first time. The first time he was caught. The first time. Um, so the, he was finally arrested for the first time in 1975. So from 1974 to 1975, that's whatever he did 
Like, he, I know he did more murders whenever he escaped again. Yeah, so he confessed to 30 murders, but he supposedly only did six more victims in Florida State. Like so Florida State University. That is at least two victims a month. So, like, he was out there doing this. Yeah. Like, if that's the thing, is if you are... If he is sticking to the 30 murders, he only did... He supposedly only did six more once he hit Florida. That is quite literally... Well, that's No, insane. that's actually... That's... Hold on. Yeah, no, that's right. It's two victims a month. Well, that's to say, like, if he... I don't... Well, maybe he was that careful about it. Like, where he chose specific victims, like... Well, this month I'm going to do two victims a month. Next month I'm going to do three victims a month. Like, this guy... And it was, like, how charming he was. And just, like, he was a snake. Like, everybody was like, oh, like, he's so attractive. He's such a good guy. He's so charming. Um, He's a psychopath. Like, he is murdering people in such a cold and calculated way. And he's making these cops just look like buffoons. Like, like, they have no idea what they're doing. You could even argue that that, like, the serial killer craze that hit in the 1950s through the 19, like, 80s is where a lot of mistrust in cops even began to fucking start. Because that's whenever they started noticing these serial killers is around that time. Which, you know, like, these days you don't really hear a whole bunch about serial killers. And I don't think that's because there's less serial killers. I think that's the media doesn't want to bring it to attention. Oh, we had that one here. Yeah, we had that one that was, like, stabbing women or something. Yeah, it, he was, like, considered nocturnal, and he would go out either early, early fucking morning or and late that was at like night. In, wasn't that, like, in Little Rock? Yeah, it was in Little Rock. Mm. Like, he would just, like, stab the shit out of people. Well, since this was, this article was not the best, um, I plan on coming back to Ted Bundy and finding, like, more information, more on, like, his victims and stuff, because... It's not, it should not be his story that's being told. We should do, like, a little thing to where it's, like, we tell the stories of right. the More victims. More about the victims yeah. instead of the serial killer. Like, not even, like, mention his name only at the very beginning and then just talk about the women. Because at that point, it's, like, I feel like not a whole lot of people really focus. They focus on them as his victims and not who they were as people. Yeah. Like, it's just hard to do that, too, though. Because I feel like it, it's definitely it's harder to find information on those people, and their on those their families don't want to yeah. relive that nightmare. But you know, you think about it like they're just marked as statistics when they were living probably very vibrant young women mm-hmm. and vibrant people. I'm not saying that I don't know if all of his victims were women, but you know, the majority of them were. So these are like young college students that have this whole future set out ahead of them, but. That is a kind of a shitty retelling of Ted Bundy's story. So, I do want to recover that later with actual like information on his victims because I feel like that article was just a little too him centered. Yes, it's him centered and it glossed over like the horrific details of the murder. It was just like, man, yeah, he killed a couple of people. What about it? And then he was put on the electric chair. Whatever. He killed a couple people, but he was so smart about he doing was so it, handsome and charming, and boy hardy. Everybody liked him, and the cops were like, "Couldn't be the guy. He's too cool." Well, there was little, literally, people like women protesting outside of like his, like, of the courts and stuff when he was arrested 
because they truly believe like he was too good looking he was too much of a stand-up guy to have done such heinous things i think those crazy ass fucking women are everywhere though because oh yeah like the bitches like girls did that for charles manson well, like, Charles Manson is not a good-looking dude. No, he's not. But there were still women standing outside even if holding he was, their signs he, up. Like, even if they're attractive, they're still murders, and you're not gonna fix them. They will murder you. Anywho, same thing for like Jeffrey Dahmer. Like, girl, that was not an attractive man. Well, not just that. It's like, he's girl, gay. Yeah, exactly. Yes. He's like, he has no I, interest in anything you've got. Like, dude, he tried to turn a 14-year-old boy into a sex slave. He don't want to do shit with a 30-year-old named Karen. Like, come on now. <laughs> well, um, we're going to wrap this up because it's late. I'm tired. I can already tell Sammy's tired. She looks like ready to fall out. And the more I talk, like, the worse my voice gets. I can already hear it's like, ah. Anyways. So, that was the first episode of Devilish. Um, y'all got anything to say for me? Bop out of here. I'm going to bed, hoes. (laughs) She's going to bed. I don't really have anything to say. All right. Well, remember, um, we love you guys. You're important. Like, you matter. Can't live without you. Hail yourself. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.